0: You know, so what's happened here this morning already, I just feel is exactly how the Lord would want it for us. You know, we, are, we live in such a fast-paced world where we're running off to the next thing all the time, all the time, and we, we don't actually stop. We just do this trajectory. And then the problem is what happens is then we go that, <coughs> and we crash. And actually, that's never, that's never the pattern the Lord designed and gave us in this world. You'll, even with Jesus, He often retreated, and it was just on His own and just slowed things down, and all the demands, and the people pressing in on him, and then he left, and you know, the one story that always gets me with Jesus, is that his cousin, now John the Baptist, has just been beheaded, and it says he retreated, and he just went to be on his own, because his cousin has died, you know, and it's a whole process, and obviously his cousin was blaming him, Well, why didn't come, and all sorts, he was human, he felt all these things, and the crowds followed him, and, it's, and it says there, he says, and he had compassion on the crowd, and then he fed the 5,000 on the back of his cousin just kind of dying. You see, it's just it's impossible in your own strength to be able to do what we need to do for the things of God. And what he's called us and what he's asked us to do, you will never sustain it in your own strength. Yeah. But by the power of the Spirit that's in us and the sustaining of the work of all the deep things inside of us that kind of play in us. And as I woke up this morning, the line kind of just came to me, you know, it's what happens behind the scenes. It's what happens behind the scenes, what no one sees. That's where the strength is. There's where it all plays out and where the things of God play in our, heart, in our life. You know? So we've, we've had a very busy two months. Honestly, this, it feels like and maybe it's more this for me or I don't know, your kind of world, but it's been hectic these last two months. There's been a lot happening. I can't believe it's March already, and we've just I feel like I haven't touched the ground for 2023. But it's all good, but it's impossible to sustain this, this pace and a rhythm. And we, we, I feel this morning God is just talking to us, And I want to just speak into this kind of place where we're at this morning and just reflect a little bit. And as we go on a journey and God speaking to us and and hearing it. And the verse that I read in the beginning is exactly a verse that I feel is important for us. Philippians 3 verse 14 and 13, he says, Brother, I don't consider that I have made it on my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. That is the motivation of our lives, to keep seeking the prize, to keep looking after. And the the prize is the the reality of that we will meet Him face to face. But we deal with all these realities in this world, all the pressures, all the, the challenges we have with our children, the troubles with the finances, the things that you're dealing with at work, the challenges with relational kind of aspects. These are all part and parcel of what happens on this earth. But we set our sights. And we never lose sight of that end goal, what God has spoken, what God has shown us to that. You know, and a good test in reflecting and always just not running and charging on ahead. And actually, because if we charge on ahead, the question I'll have for you is, are you listening? Are you listening to what we're actually saying? I mean, we all know how it is with raising your children. They'll have agendas. They'll do their own thing. But listen to me. Now, I've asked you, go and tidy your bedroom. Go and do this. Go and do that. Go and do that. And then one thing's done, and then two things are forgotten totally about, and they haven't even thought about the other two. Okay, so are we listening to what God is saying, what the Spirit is saying to the churches at this hour? And it's very important. You can only really listen when you slow down. And you're not charging and running on ahead, and just like you you're kind of hearing chatter. You've got, to, you've got to slow down a little bit and hear what God is saying as a parent would speak to his child to instruct them, to give them direction, to help them all the things that happen. You've got to slow down. You've got to take those moments. Can't be on the fly while you're walking in the shops putting things in the trolley. Look here, pal. Don't worry about those guys at school. Look here. They're going to be fine. These bullies, just leave them alone. Just carry on. Okay, cool. He's never going to hear me there. It's when I sit down with him and talk with him face to face and hear his heart and here he hears my heart. The bond, The listening creates a bond that sets in place that he can now walk forward. And it's the same with our lives as the Father speaks to us as we hear his voice leading us and guiding us. So, I'll ask you a question, and let's see if you remember, what did I start preaching at the beginning of January 2022, last year? I know it's over a year ago, I don't know if you guys were here yet, maybe not. What, what was I speaking about at the beginning of 2022? Now, I'm, I'm, not here, I'm not trying to catch you out, okay? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make a point that what happens is we listen to so many sermons, we listen to so much stuff that plays out, but actually is it going in? Okay. I know there's one person will know who I spoke about in the beginning of last year. And that's Nathan Rockhill. Nathan has been very diligent in going back and listening to all the sermons. Now he's standing upstairs doing the kids' worship this morning. Nathan, I know you're listening to this. <laughs> it's probably Wednesday sometime in the week. Okay. He's diligently listened to all those sermons. But what happens, you see, and I, what I'm trying to make the point here is, is that when some things are said. Something triggers in your heart, the spirit goes, yes, you're speaking." that's speaking to me right now. You've got to take note of what he's saying, and you've got to dig in a little deeper. Not just listen, and then like my daddy would say, you thread it through your eyeballs as you read it, and it's done. Oh, and then you move on. Stop. Whoa, God's speaking to me. So the beginning of January 2022, I remember I spoke quite a lot into blessing. Now you remember, you see, because it's a reminder. Oh, that was it. And what is the power of blessing? You see, it wasn't, it was in the midst of all that you're walking in life and stuff, but you choose blessing over curse. So, what we very easily do with our mouths is we speak, say, take South Africa, we speak death into South Africa because we don't believe for it. Oh, this nation. Oh, this country. Oh, the president. Oh, this and that. Oh, we'll never come right, this nation. And then you actually speak yourself into moving to another country. Actually, when you stop and pause and actually just reflect, no, no. God has a destiny for this country, and you release a blessing of your words. So over, over relationships, over your husband, and over your wife, over your children, every Friday morning as I drop the kids at school, I read a blessing over them. I read a blessing, and I declare over their hearts and their souls that I, these words speak life to you, that you will know the goodness of God, that your friendships would flourish, that you would know that you're an example, a light for the world, a light to your peers and that around you. I release that over them. See, and it's the power of our words. And we started last year with that. And yes, last year was a tough year. It was very difficult. But something happened very importantly happened last year. We finished very strong. And that's the good test. It doesn't matter how you run the race. It doesn't matter. The best, the best finishers to watch at a race is someone who's struggling, but they're still fighting to get over the line. And the other people help them. They're the comrades. That's going to come up now. He went in June. And again, there's always those pictures. That he can hardly run. He's been running for 10 hours. And other people, I heard things, you're not allowed to help people anymore, if that's right. But it just takes away all that camaraderie. He's got to kind of scramble on his own and stuff. But we fight together. And it's not about how well we are doing and succeeding and we put this facade on. They're like, hey, brother, everything's okay. Life is life. And we've got to pause sometimes. Just slow a little down and actually just hear what God is saying and reflect on what He's been speaking to us. You see, now what happens is, I know I preached that stuff in January, but it really ministered to me. I was pre- I preached to myself. That's what happens. And if you have those moments, I've often had people come to me, oh, you said that once in that one preach, you said that when you said that line, it just hit me. I'm like, I can't remember saying that. I can't remember really even, but that is the Spirit of God speaking to you. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to take note of that moment and say, God, show me what you're trying to do. And you dig deeper into that moment. And that blessing thing really, Ministered to me last year because of what we walked through. We had to choose blessing and not cursing, you know, and all that kind of things out. And these things often stand out to us. You see, you know, as I said, 2022 was challenging, but we finished strong. And what we did is at the beginning of October, we started our end times journey. Okay. And speaking into this reality of how we are positioned as the church in relation to Israel. And we're now going to get into further things down the line as we speak into. All these things, but I, I want to just pause and reflect, there and just to see whether we we heard what was said. And again, if you haven't fully listened to all of those sermons, I would encourage you to go back. And there's a, there's the link. You can get access to all the powerpoints, to all the, the, the stuff that was spoken through, so that you are equipped and understand of what we are speaking through, because these are essential things. Okay, so who can who can tell me what the four covenants were that we spoke into last year? Because the foundation of everything that we'll have to do, there's always the good people, like one sitting in the front and she's like Christine. Like I got it, eh? <laughs> what are the four covenants? The Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, and the new covenant. And the new covenant. Abrahamic covenant? No, oh, we can applaud. Give her a hand. Well done. Well done. Okay. The Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, the Davidic Covenant, and the New Covenant, which we're now walking into. It's essential that we understand what those mean. Which one of those covenants was conditional? Meaning you have to obey what's being said. If you disobey, there's going to be trouble. Mosaic. The mosaic. Okay? It's important. We've got to get that. We've got to understand what those are saying to us. Because it says, um, and the promises that God has spoken through the Abrahamic covenant, are they still relevant to us today as Gentiles? Okay, very relevant. So, Galatians 3, says, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And what we've heard, and over and over again, God never lies. He cannot lie. Okay, He is only a God of truth. Okay, so does the, does the land promise over what God gave Israel and the portion of their land still stand for today? Amen? Okay, we've got to be assured and understanding that that will be restored. It will come to a time. Okay, and then we, the, it was what was quite beautiful over Christmas kind of time. We didn't specifically speak the new covenant, but we just read all those passages leading up to Christmas of those verses of the birth of Jesus. And essentially, this was the ushering in of a new day and a new order for us as God's people. Now we are the 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 custodians of that. We are. The, the, we take part of what Jesus has given us through thousands of years ago of the promise that Abraham spoke. And so I want to ask you a question It's not maybe related to what we're speaking, but you've got to think about this now because I know some people, and this is not, they don't have an answer for this and the clarity regards this. So all that Jesus has done for us in giving us a new covenant, the promises that Abraham spoke over Abraham thousands of years ago that God spoke to him, and he set a new order for us and the gift of salvation that has been given to you the gift of righteousness which is now yours, if you passed away this evening and you passed away in this week, and we always say God forbid because that's not our goal in our heart, but would you go, would you go to heaven? Yes. I want everyone to think about that. Yeah, If you cannot be sure that you can say yes in your heart, then maybe you haven't given your life as surrendered to Jesus. Because there are many who still believe that I can lose my salvation. And what a gift that God has given you, have you surrendered your life, will be taken away from you. It's that's, that's still an issue. Because I know why. Because we have that every now and again. People come up and we pray for salvation. People that sat in the church for 10 years come forward again. I'm like, why are they standing there? They've been in the church for 10 years. Like, did they not hear the message? These, these are fundamentals, you see, we've got to be assured about. Because this will be tested out there. You're not tested in here. It's all fine here. Everything's flowing beautifully here. We worship together. God is in this house. His presence is here with us. It's tested out there. And your assurance is tested there. When you're dealing with those colleagues at work. When you're hanging with those guys. The different pressures. All the things that are playing out at you. Temptation comes. All those things are pressing in on you. Are you assured in that place? It can never be stolen, it can never be lost. Hear, hear these words. Hear them. Because that is the depth of your assurance. He's not a father that would give you all this incredible stuff. And I've, I've read some really challenging and troubling kind of words of people that have passed on, incredible theologians. And he was now in his 80s, and I'm reading a book. He's speaking about this, you know, once saved, always saved is the line that people use. Once saved, always saved. And he was talking into this, and he was in his 80s, and in his, one of the last chapters of this book, he's saying, well, I'm near the end of my life now, and I better be sure that I don't mess it up here, because sure. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Everything you've done, the world has listened to you, but you still think it could be taken away from you, right at the end of everything you've done in goodness and faithfulness to God, he'd say, whoopsie, and snatch you, and, and, and you never. don't get it. Are you, what? Never. Yeah. It's never, folks. Yeah the assurance of this new covenant that we have has got to settle deep into our hearts. And even if you sin and you stumble and you fall, nothing will separate you from the love of God. And the point of community is that we help you to get up again and to stand firm and stand strong. Honestly, I don't care to the depth of your sin that would fall into you. Whatever it is, your problem is that when you do that, you put the walls of pride up and you push everybody away. And no one can actually help you because you are so um, desperate to kind of survive and fight on your own, and the sin brings us bravado and people, "I got this." Yeah. Look, after Look after yourself. There you go. And what ends up, you actually lose everything. Yeah. Pride is your is your downfall. And I say that you must hear. Say that. I hear what I'm saying to you. There's never going to be a judgment according to the level of sin that you fall into. We will help to restore you. Paul speaks about this often in the Bible. But then. Don't choose to push people away, okay? So then we spoke from these covenants. We spoke into, okay, am I saying this correctly? That as the church now, we are the new Israel. What? Wow. Okay? Don't look so confused, Nadine. Like, come on. I like, can't believe this. Heresy. She's sounding heresy, heresy. Mmm. So, we as the church are not not the new Israel. Okay, we are the real and true Israel. That's very, very important to understand. And if you haven't listened to the sermon, you need to go back and listen at some time in October or November. I preach through this. There's the PowerPoint on the Google Drive, you will get it. But the, the narrative that's in the world today, and unfortunately, a lot of it in the church, so let's look at the world. What are South Africa and one other nation in Africa are refusing to acknowledge Israel in the African Union, what that part is. Some of them were sitting in some meeting recently. They asked to be kicked out. You see the hatred towards the Jewish people. it's 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 a demonic thing. It's driven by the enemy. And governments don't even realize they're partnering with the narrative of Satan against the hatred of God's chosen original people through Abraham. Okay, that's the world. And they're on their own journey to get that right. But more and more scarily enough is the church have done the same thing. Okay, and understanding those words of replacement theology, anti-Semitism, and uh, supersessionism. Okay, those are words of use defining basically the church saying, we are the new Israel. And we have replaced everything that God had promised to Abraham. But what, what was the important verse and what, what chapter in Romans, if you need to assure yourself, what chapter in Romans do you need to read? All of them? All of them. All of them. <laughs> that, is, that is a very good answer. Just go and read Romans. What's the key chapter? See, what Paul's writing to the Romans, what he's doing is he's, he's building up an argument. He first writes to the, to the Roman people, or I think he starts with the Jewish people, and he builds it up, builds it up, builds it up to the point where well, he gets to Romans 10 and Romans 11. Okay, is the key chapter, and then he starts speaking to the Gentiles of explaining this pattern and this story. It's a beautiful, deep, quite a complicated book at different times. But we've got, to, we've got to understand, we've got to be convinced of that. Because you see, you'll have people in your workplace saying, ah, these Israel, it's different. Remember, it's not natural Israel, it's spiritual Israel. We are believing that a move of God will take place in that land. It's a sign of the end of the times. When we see many Jewish folk turning to Jesus, it's a sign of the return of our King. Because the time of the Gentiles will come to an end, okay, and will be arising. Margaret, is that correct? Amen. Hallelujah. There's We have a Jewish sister in the house, you see, and Margaret's been here for many years. I need you to go and listen to that sermon, Margaret, that I spoke. 23rd of October is when it happened. Okay, these are key things that we've got to be assured about and we've got to be settled in our heart with. And then, and then we finalized and spoke about the threshing floor where um, Abraham had taken Isaac up onto that same kind of place. It was the same place where David you know, and the threshing floor had come um, in that place, the, the Jebusite that owned the land. And it's essentially that same plot of land now where the temple Solomon's temple was built on Mount Zion in Israel. That land is... God chose it. He's he's done something on that land. He will continue to do something on it. We can't fully understand it all the time, but he has a heart for the Temple Mount, Jerusalem. He never chose other cities. He chose that city and what it to be, okay? Those are are very important things, and we're going to now journey through this end time stuff a little bit more. We're going to get into some of the the tough topics, tough, tough stuff of the rapture and the, the tribulation. And all these things that are, many people have got a lot of opinions about, and lots of stuff. But we're going to we're going to talk through it. And remember, I said there, questions are good. Okay, disagreeing is okay. Offense is not okay. Yeah, okay, that's that's not how we're going to going to journey forward with this. And I, and I must admit, I truly believe what we preached last year, and what we were talking through here, I have felt God's blessing on us as a community. He just He just responds. You can't explain what, but He just responds. There's something when we honor Him and what His original plan was set in place. You know, And as I said, we led up to Christmas time speaking about all those beautiful passages. But then we turn over to the beginning of this year, and we start talking a lot into the fivefold gifts, and uh, the apostolic and the prophetic, and all that God is speaking to us, the foundation, Jesus being the cornerstone, our 21 days booklet. We spoke a lot into that. We've seen a lot established and set in place. It might take a while to fully grasp the understanding of the revelation, but we've got to embrace it. We've got to understand what God has been saying to us, what He's been doing with us as a people. And I know Tony last week or two weeks ago spoke. He called them the, the Ascension gifts, the firefold. Okay, the Ascension gifts, which are it's a quite a nice way to kind of stay in them and understanding this whole thing of the apostolic and the prophetic. You see, your gift, your gift is not limited is to within these four walls. The church has just unfortunately made it this environment is the only place where you operate. But our, we had our first connection point on Wednesday night again. And the first thing that anyone's come through connection point of the last while, uh, the first thing I do with everybody is talking to gifting and your fivefold gifting. I remember Kathleen, not this Kathleen, that Kathleen, and that when you spoke about all those youth that you're running with, and her top gift that came out was apostolic. She's like, oh my goodness, I'm not apostolic. But actually, your, the way you operate and your gift, the way you think, she runs with all these young people with athletics. She has them in her environment. She is apostolically gathered, creating environment for these kids to flourish in. You see, there's um, Darren. Was it Darren, eh? Daryl. Sorry, bud. Connection Point Wednesday night. His work every day that he does, he does training. He goes to dif- seven different companies and he trains people with different stuff. What was his top gift that came through? Teacher. I'm like, It's not ironic. That you have that gift, and look what you're doing every day of your life. It's not bound to these four walls. I'm called to do this in this environment, and many of us go out. Well, more, all of you actually go out, except me and Errol, <laughs> and now Tino. Hey, but we need to do lunch more often, guys. Hey, and go out there, go out there a little bit, eh? Hey? Sure. But you see, you see how God is shifting the church's thinking here to embracing the things of the marketplace. Where you go to school, your giftings, the things that operate, the colleges, the workplace, it's all meant to be able to enhance the place of society, not for you. And your gift is not for yourself, it's for others. And I'm just going to quote myself in reading from the booklet that we read on the 21 days. I think this was day, I don't know, 18 or 19. It says, the church being the foundation is the training ground and the incubator of your gift to be exercised and released along with character being essential to sustain and mature your gifting, this is never a- um, a- um, accessed and operational in isolation. This process comes alive when the revelation of what Jesus has given you becomes real. You know the truth of the word, you've experienced empowering the Holy Spirit, which leads you to know your place as a living stone, making up the spiritual household of God. You see, the spiritual household of God is not just this building with a couple hundred people. It's the people of God in society making up a spiritual home that actually affect the world and set the narrative and the society out there that's how it's meant to play out every single day of our lives and giving a good example to that i actually i mentioned it on wednesday night at connection point but i looked at it a bit closer that i watched a documentary of a guy totally unsaved man i think he's actually was jewish in his roots with stuff his name his name is clive davis he's a he was a record producer Okay, and he's, and he's now still, the 2018 it says, was the CEO of Sony Distribution and Music. For five decades, he's worked in the music industry. He started in the 60s, and he's created a name for himself in the music industry. And I watched this guy, and I watched the story of his life, and I was like, this guy's apostolic. He doesn't even know it. But what he was doing was breaking new territory in the music industry. Through things people haven't thought of. He just had... An understanding, and understanding I'll tell you y he here's some of the people that he signed that you will understand and recognize now. Just think about all the different genres of music and he made them all work together and flourish together. Just think l- listen to all the different people that he signed, Janice Joplin, okay, Santana, Bruce Springsteen, Chicago, Billy Joel, Bay City Rollers. Wow, that's quite a cool name. Okay. Ace of Bass, Aerosmith, Pink Floyd, Westlife. I mean, can you get anything different to Pink Floyd and Westlife? Who's coming here? Someone's coming here. One of the boy bands are coming to South Africa. Backstreet Boys. Uh Aha! I got it. They're coming to town. Wow. He signed Westlife, Kenny G. You're not going? Oh, no. Okay. He signed Westlife, Kenny G, and famous ones like Whitney Houston and Barry Manilow. He signed all those people and they all worked together in an environment. They all flourished. You see, what does the Apostolic do? It creates an environment for people to flourish and he just knew stuff. He said, when that song, I, Whitney Houston sang, I Will Always Love You, when that movie with Kevin Costner and Wada 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 Wada. He, he was listening to that recording and he was like, No music. It must only be this and that. He just knew what it needed to sound like. He, he wasn't a musician. He just knew what it had to happen. His gift, was, he didn't even know it was a God given gift. You see, when when you are saved and you give your life over to Jesus, that gift gets refined for God's glory, not your own. The world is operating with the gifts that God has placed in their lives for their own glory. They don't know it's for him. Anyone else, that's for you. Check how good I am. He just knew it. He just had it and operated and listening to different stuff. He said to Kenny G, do a Christmas album, but don't add words. So Kenny G sells 20 million albums. You know, he was that, you know, or the instrument, and he added words to the album. And the guy he said, he said, "I still sold 20 million. He said, "If you didn't have words, you would have sold 40 million. Wow. <laughs> he just knew. He just was. He just understood. See, that's a gift operating. And I would, I don't. I love music because it was interesting to hear that. Okay. <clears throat> and then last Sunday, and last weekend particularly, we had a, a kind of a ramp up to our finalizing of our twenty-one days, and had what we call fruit, first fruits here. On the Friday, we had time here, and on the Saturday, um, just to be in God's presence. I want I to tell you something, that this, this stuff, what we're doing like that this last weekend, cannot be viewed as, oh, this is a meeting I need to go to. Yeah. Oh, flip, it's like, oh, I can't get to church, man, I'm so busy. Really? When we, we have to, as the people of God, there's a shifting that's, that's being required of us, is that it's not coming to a meeting, it's coming together before God. And and it's choosing that thing to set time aside and to be before Him. And it doesn't make sense in the natural. I know it doesn't. Because you think, there's so many other things I could be doing. But that's the problem. That's the challenge, is that are you willing to put everything aside and to stop everything and just come together as God's people to be in His place of His presence, well, you said it this morning. It was someone, you said it. It's in his presence. Did you say that? Oh, no, Jude. So how, he's your brother. He's still in hospital. No, it was out the next he's, day. he's out the next day. I like what you, Jude said. That. He didn't, they didn't beg and pray for healing. Because <laughs> often, I'm telling you, a lot of the time, things like that happen, fear kicks in, and all of a sudden, we tell everybody to pray, and everybody, my brother's in hospital, and the more people are praying, the more's going to happen. Really? Does, does it work like that? I don't think so. But there was no fear. There was like, in this place of God's presence, He will give me everything I need. Yeah. And in that place of presence, God works. We don't operate in fear, folks. And to see that from the place of God's presence, when we choose Him first, and we set time aside, beyond a Sunday, you see, it's, just, it's beyond our do the duty of stuff. God is forcing us. Look at, look at a Jewish person. Look at a Muslim that grow up. Their religion dictates to them the rhythm of their life. Religion is the foremost thing. It, everything they do is rely on the religion, but it's legalistic. Because we're under grace, relax, man, we're under grace, and we don't actually pursue it. We don't put the time aside to be before God and His presence. And I know what happens at the beginning. You come and sit here on a Saturday, and we've got worships there running from 10 to 4 or 5, whenever, and you sit here and you think, and? Well, that's, there's nothing really happening. Because you're not engaging. Just just learn to sit and be first before anything. We can't do that in today's world. Take a, take a teenager today and ask them just to sit without their phone for two hours. For 20 minutes, actually. Stop, stop talking to anybody. Just go and sit and listen to the birds. They won't do it, right? Okay. Brady, okay. are you ready to do that? You want to try that this week? The guy with the puma top. You're going to put your phone down for half an hour. Come on. <laughs> Good man, you are of a different breed. You're a Caleb, a man with a different spirit. You're not falling into the trap of the world. Go, go, go and run. Just stop. And we are so can't stop because we've got to be doing something. And we're going to have this rhythm. Every month we're going to gather time when we're going to have a Saturday when we're going to have time in God's presence. And we're just going to come and say, I'm going to choose that first before anything else and just come and sit. Just come and be. And I I just think of all the years we ran the Burn Year we did that through the night worship stuff. I don't know, the number of times I've been in this hall at like four, three, two in the morning. It's like endless times. And I look back and I think, what did it achieve? What, you know, did, did the burn actually produce anything? And God just kept saying to me, it's not about you and it's not about producing anything. It's just that you were here. That you chose me over everything else. And you said, oh Lord, I put you first. And now I just see how God just opens doors and connects with people in the city and things happen to work out. You think they was just sowing seeds, all those years, sowing seeds. But there's a question I asked you right in the beginning, what God said to me this morning. It's like, what's happening behind the scenes? Nice <laughs> <Last> ringtone, Dave. <laughs> That's fine. I thought it would just ring in your ear, Dave, but it's ringing there, eh? Okay, we are setting and learning this, cultivating this 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 rhythm in our lives of His presence. But here's the thing, you see it, corporately coming together. Uh, it's costly, it's sacrificial, but it produces this greatest reward in our lives, our marriages, our families, and brothers and sisters learning to dwell together in unity. Now, last Sunday, when we laid hands on every single person here, you also can leave here going, "Well, what happened there? What happened?" oh just, you know, a lot of chaos and whatever." Now God did something. In every single one of your lives, seeds were planted in your hearts, in your lives. And so whether you go nurture that and you allow those seeds that are planted into fertile soil to produce, to come forth in your heart and life, nothing in the kingdom is instantaneous unless God does this suddenly. It's all about a testing of your character and walking it out when no one is watching. That's the spiritual walk of God. You see this? I get to stand in front of you here. My preparation doesn't, doesn't take place standing here in front of you guys. It's sitting on my own, quietly, just listening, waiting to what God is saying, hearing His voice, just being obedient to what He wants to do. I was so ready to get going with the next end times. We're going to preach about the next thing. And He's like, He just won't give me anything. I was like, well, here we go. And I'm just, I've, I've done this long enough now to realize that you can't make it happen. And you just need to trust Him. And I promise you, the same is in your business. We get so tactical, or um, you know, strategy, and all this kind of stuff. What is God saying to you Amen. about your business? You know, I woke up this morning and said, well, what's happening behind the scenes? I know He's talking to me. As the cats were mowing and wanting food, like, oh, come on. I, think I said to Kathleen, I think the skeleton project might be one of your cats. <laughs> anyway. Don't underestimate this moment we had last week of commissioning that was placed in your hearts and lives. And I do believe the enemies lied to you this week. You think, oh, it wasn't really anything. Keep walking forward. Okay, you need to step it out and walk it out in faith now. You hear the voice of God leading you and guiding you, massaging these things into you little by little. If you keep doing little by little for five years, at the end it's a lot. Little by little, God will give you the land. Okay? See, so this is what... Think about behind the scenes with people now. And I want to just take a few examples, and we'll wrap up with this here. Is if you take, and I know I've brought my cap this morning, just on purpose to kind of just rub it into all those Mercedes and, and um, Ferrari fans, Red Bull. The, oh, Ma- take it there, Farnes, wear it there. Put it on, it's okay. See, but Max Verstappen, yes. He <laughs> <laughs> put it away. Give it away, I'll, I'll get it. You see, he's one, he's one person. They've got a team of about four five hundred people. He's the one person up front that, yes, drives the car and he makes it happen. But he cannot do it without all the hundreds of people behind him. Behind the scenes are making him look good. Okay? So if you take a musician, there's not, there's not a lot of solo artists. They can be called a solo artist, they are not a soloist in making it happen for themselves. They have a manager. They have a promoter, there's someone that signs them to a record label, all those things. They'll have other musicians that produce music, recording art, although they can never do it on their own. They always have people around them. You take a CEO who runs a successful business and employs probably whatever, to a couple of hundred to thousands of people. There's no way that he is the front man, he is do doing the talking. You now you get COO, CFO, all these or there's so many of them, okay? He can never do it on his own. He has a team. Managers. Look at the president of our country. He is the front runner. He gets the most hit from most people, but he has all his ministers around him. All these guys doing portfolios, running, help him, him run the country. He's just the front man. You will never, listen to me, you will never achieve anything with the things of God without a church community. You need people around you. And it takes years of just developing, walking, journeying with people, Pressing into what God is saying to us, and this is exactly as those politicians, CEOs, musicians, sports people, professional sports guys, it doesn't happen on their own. That even, even, I remember Steve Morris saying those words here years ago, that, that term self-made millionaire. That's never, someone else has helped you make money there too. You don't, don't just do it all on your own. Self-made, meaning like he sat in his little office and sold whatever and made a million. No, other people work with them. For us to walk in the fullness of our gift, call, and mandate, we do need each other. Here's the key, what I was saying a bit early on. You see, we need to be okay with failure. We need to be okay when mistakes are made. We are so rigid at not being able to make a mistake because of rejection and fear of failure and rejection of man going, oh, look at that, that's a swell line. But, so if someone has to bring a prophetic word or you step out on the things of God, what are we scared of? Scared of failing. I'm not scared of failure here. And that, that is the biggest downfall of people stopping and moving forward in the things of God. We embrace mistakes, okay? okay you, but, but what we won't be soft on here is sin. We will, we will not tolerate sin because that's not the Father's heart. Through His Son, Jesus, we'll journey together in walking these things out. This is, Then I said to you earlier, about the walls of pride that come out. You see, the commitment to each other as a family is our strength. I don't know if you've so we're sitting at rugby yesterday afternoon, and in midst of all this, I took my brother-in-law to rugby yesterday to watch the Stormers, kind of just hang on against the Sharks there at the end. But there were these young guys in the, all their Lions kind of kit, and you know, they were kind of sitting around the area. You know, when you I often see guys like that, they look like they look impressive because they're all in the same kit, same outfit. They're all kind of standing together, and you can see them walking together. There's something of an awe about a team that is just together. Maybe just with being, if you're not a sportsman, maybe you don't kind of see that. But I thought, what is that? They're just normal dudes. They're just big guys playing rugby. But everyone's like, oh. and Aiden's like, who are those guys? Dad, who are those guys? Because there's something about them. But I think here's the thing that gets to me is that yes, they're all dressed in the same apparel, looking all good and kind of stuff, but there's this bond between them because they fight every day in training and working hard behind the scenes where no one sees them. You only see them up front running on the field. They have a bond together. That's what Russi's whole thing with the Rugby World Cup 2019, whether we're going to win this this year, we don't know. But there was family. They spoke into family. We are here for each other. And that's what the church community gives us. And we have this, the world should be looking at us in awe about how we stand together as brothers and sisters from all walks of life, just knowing and understanding that God is for us and with us in every way. You see, they Celebrate together, they fail together, they walk through all sorts of things together. You know, I, I was at when I was at the Joburg airport that, that I walked past the international arrivals, and it reminded me of we all watched it on TV when Cial arrived with the World Cup trophy. Yeah. And they walked out the entrance, and basically, as they walk out, you walk around the corner, there's the media room that they walked into. There were, I just, I just at this moment, I thought there were thousands of people here, and now there was hardly anyone when I was walking through that section from domestic. And I was just like, wow, that was a moment, eh? But you see, to get to that moment of this trophy, all the disbelief, all the self-doubt, all the media against them, all the things that went wrong, that's just the last, but no one saw the hard work in the background. It's the same with our lives and the things of God and all the effort we put in as a community and believing and trusting God and walking through, it's the unseen stuff that actually brings you the reward not the up front. Ask, ask the worship guys. This is, just, this is just an overflow of a lifestyle. And we come together, we're going to play our instruments together and kind of do It's awesome. But that's not where they're learning. It's in the background where no one sees. And this is just the giving to us as a church together. See, it's making that effort where no one is watching. So when no one's watching, you have the choice to speak blessing over your wife or your husband or over your children where you have a choice to make and you don't feel like doing it. But when no one's watching, are you doing it? Are you choosing to speak blessing? Are you committed to your prayer watch? And yes, we all go on a journey to get more and more people connected with that. That's the heart this year with more and more. Will you come to a first fruits where no one's begging and asking you to be, just to come and be before God? You know, if you've linked up to the Bible school and you're studying, the Word of God, no one's watching, no one's checking up on you, but you're pressing into the Word of God, and God's speaking to you. If you, choo- you choose to read the Word every day, you choose to talk to God every day, just have a conversation in talking with Him. As you go, you hear His voice talking to you, and see, in that space of doing all those things when no one's watching, there's no accolades. There's no big announcements. Everybody, Neil read through the whole of Acts this week. <laughs> well done, Neil. No. No one's applauding you for just doing the basics right. Are you, are you read Jeremiah? I'm okay. reading Jeremiah? Okay. Are you reading Jeremiah? Now, I know you're reading Jeremiah because you've blessed me with verses out of Jeremiah. But that was like about four months ago, Neil. You were still reading Jeremiah, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he's talking. You're, you're taking it slow. Just work your way through. Let him massage you. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> See, it's, 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 it's stuff that no one's watching. That's the spiritual life. That's how we walk through. You see, Yeah. the verse I'll read in the beginning, I'll read from the Passion now, Philippians 3. And I'll read from verse 7. It says, he's talking about all his accomplishments. Yet, of all the accomplishments that I once took credit for, Paul's saying, I've now forsaken them, and I regard them as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So to truly know Him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting onto the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace Him as Lord in all of His greatness. My passion is to be consumed with Him and not to cling to my own righteousness based on keeping the written law. My only righteousness will be His, based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. And I will continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to come from, um, that come from God, and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of His resurrection working in me. I will be one with Him in His sufferings and become like Him in His death only then will I be able to experience the um, complete oneness with Him in His resurrection from the realm of the dead. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. That's right. But I run with passion into His abundance that I may reach the purpose for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me to make His own. And this is the verses that I read this morning. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fastened my heart to the future instead. Listen to that line again. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have the same passion And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them and let all of us advance together to reach this victorious prize, following one path with one passion. You see, we all know what it is to live for Him. All the other distractions, the noise and stuff, and just choosing the prize of setting, I mean, what is that, my heart being gripped by setting my sights on Him and Him alone. He's the only one that can give us everything we need. And we look to that great and glorious day where if we pass on this earth we will be united with him and with others. And his glorious return that is going to take place. And we will then one day see him face to face. And he has the joy. There will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more lying. There'll be no more rejection. There'll be no more insecurity. There'll be no more needing to prove myself. There'll be no more weaknesses. There'll be no more failures because there will be no more sin. What a joy. What a joy. And Colossians 3, 1, 2 says, then you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things of this earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So I'll finish this. Stay true to the cause, folks. Stay true to the course that God has spoken us. And stay true to yourself. Because everything you will get at the things of God will be done when no one's watching. And I wanted to take this time just to pause and just reflect a little bit as we've had a busy run, but we've got a lot more in store this year for us. There's a lot of great things that God wants to still do in and through us as a people and through your own heart and through your own life. But it won't come just by coasting along and hoping for the best. It's gonna come with sacrifice, laying your life before him. Stay the course, stay the course. Stay true to yourself, what God is saying to us speaking. Let's stand together. (laughs) <laughs> and just t- let's just take a moment and just, let's just reflect on these last months of everything that's been said, that they settle it deep into our hearts, not rushing next, off to the next best thing. Jesus. So Father, we hear what the Spirit is saying to the church at this time. We hear what you're saying to us, Lord. I hear what you're saying to me, Lord. Father, I pray that by your Spirit, you help us not to run at the pace the world is requiring us to try and run at. We run according to the ways of your Spirit. We walk according to to the way of the Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that over every heart here, and even those listening to this, that you seal in us, Lord, everything that has been built into our hearts over these last months. May it bear good fruit. May the soil that these seeds have landed in bear much fruit. Not for ourselves, not for our own gain, but that your name would be exalted and lifted up high through our lives wherever we go, and I speak over you today, wherever you go, that you will be the light. You will carry joy. You will live and walk in peace. You will understand the ways of the king as you receive and live from that place of his goodness. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And Lord Jesus, we look to you. And we thank you this morning that you have refreshed us, you've replenished us, You've touched us from the depths of our hearts this morning. May we go in strength in the power of your resurrection body that lives in and through us. We exalt you. We glorify you. In his mighty name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Wish me luck as I finish the skeleton project. The Lord is with us. Have a fantastic week, folks. Amen. Hey.